There's a lot happening in Israel right now, um, and, and it's easy to, um, for us to look at the news and to, with really any subject, but particularly Israel, and, uh, and to not really have an understanding of how it connects with not only with America, but with the church in America, and with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, in, in various parts of the world, and it is so closely connected. We do an Israel prayer set on Monday nights, 7 to 9, and then on Friday nights, uh, 9 to 11. And uh, we love to worship, so we actually do a lot of worship. But we, we do pray for Israel. That's a mandate God's given this house. And, um, and we're connected. We have relationships in Israel to see what's happening on the grounds, not only politically, but within the church in Israel. So um, I want to um, just share with you a few things today to, to help bring some light and understanding. Um, if you haven't read the news, um, Israel has in, this morning been uh, been bombing a Syri- uh, been bombing Syria. Um, it's been involved. They've been involved in a civil war, and they've actually been using chemical warfare, um, which is why Israel has gotten involved. And so uh, there, uh, um, and in Iran is outraged and, and, and condemning Israel's involvement. And, um, and so are many other voices. There's actually a church in Scotland right now, that it, uh, an, an influential church that is denouncing the Jewish claims to the land in Israel. Um, and the Jewish community in Scotland is, is crying out because they said it sounds much like an Inquisition polemic. It is the same language um, is, is, is what's being reported right now. So um, it, is, it is similar in language and similar in attitude and heart of what was happening during the Spanish Inquisition when people were um, um, pushing Jews out of the land and actually massacring them. Um, so similar threads. But uh, I want to give you a little bit of an overview of, of, uh, of history, particularly within these past hundred years, and in, uh, not only with Israel, but with revival history and how those two have been connected. And um, I want to share with you some scripture, but also a few things that prophetic voices have been saying um, right now in these, in these last few decades. And that I want to really highlight the, the importance of the last one. Um, the, the others that were, were pretty, pretty much agree that scripture and history are really important. Um, the prophetic voice with the nation of Israel throughout history the lack of, of listening and heeding the voice of the prophets of their time resulted in trouble and destruction for their nation. And even the voice of a prophet of a prior generation. And, to, and it was the, primarily the religious community that was persecuting the prophetic voices and ignoring them during that time. Um, and so I want today to, to just share with you a few things so that we, we wouldn't be like that, that we would actually hear what the prophets are saying, partner with the Lord in what he's doing in Israel, and, um, and, and give you a picture of how all this is connected. Um, so let's turn to Matthew 24. Father, we want understanding of your heart for Israel how it affects us, how it affects the church. And Lord, give us understanding or at least a spirit of understanding in here right now in Jesus' name. Matthew 24, verse 1. Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to, the, to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another. 
which will not be torn down. And he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what will the sign of your coming and of the end of the age be? So, Jesus is standing in front of this temple and, um, and telling them that this temple is going to be completely leveled and destroyed. That's a really intense statement um, because looking, this temple actually took 60 years to build. Some of the stones on this temple were 28 feet in length and 8 feet in width, weighing up to 70 tons. You couldn't even stick a knife in between these stones. They were so fitted together. Um, and Jesus, in um, Luke 9, 41, he's weeping over Jerusalem. Because he sees that prophecy of Matthew 24. He sees it. Um, and in fact, the very disciples that, that were hearing him talk about this, um, they saw it 40 years later. Emperor Titus um, from, from Rome comes and completely sacks and levels the city of Jerusalem. And, um, and actually, there were about a million Christians that really listened to this Matthew 24 prophecy where Jesus was saying, when you see these things start to happen, when you see... This, uh, this, this, this antichrist-type figure start to come up in the land. You want to flee Judea. Now, there's an end-time fulfillment of that, but they, they, got the, they got the point. They're like, whoa, this is important. We need to get out of town, um, which was a really good idea because there were um, multitudes of, of people killed, and Jews were trying to escape, but um, the Romans were, were crucifying so many of the Jews. Um, and, uh, and there were so many crucifixions that they actually cleared out the majority of, of the trees in the land to build these execution stakes. Um, the, the people uh, were, um, ran out of food, resulted to cannibalism, um, and, um, and the Romans were set to just completely take down this temple stone by stone. Pretty intense. Um, so the Bible talks about Israel and Romans as, as an olive tree or an olive branch. And throughout, throughout the Old Testament, you see it pictured as a plant, that God's delightful plant is the vineyard of the Lord of hosts. And there are prophecies all throughout the Old Testament of this, of this tree being cut down. And, um, and we saw it happen in 70 AD in a very dramatic way. Um, so, so this olive tree is cut down. But what is amazing is that looking at history, no ethnic group, has survived for more uh, without a homeland for more than three generations, as a large number of people, uh, large people group. Um, Two thousand years later, the Jewish people are still here. Job, chapter fourteen, verse seven. Just want to read this quickly and apply it to what's going on. Job 14. Job 14, verse 7. For there is hope for a tree when it is cut down, that it will sprout again, and its shoots will not fail. Though its roots grow old, and the ground in its stump dies in the dry soil, at the scent of water it will flourish and put forth sprigs like a plant. So, 
at the sound, this, this, this is a literal verse, but I want to apply it kind of spiritually and symbolically. At the, at the sound of water, of, a, of the Holy Spirit moving, this fig tree would blossom again. This, this, this olive tree would blossom again. The, the, at the, as, as the Lord is stirring and moving in the spirit realm, it is directly connected with what's happening in the land of Israel. Um, 1948, Israel once, a bit, once again became a nation. And this olive tree sprouted again. Um, this was huge. Because for hundreds and hundreds of years, prophecies in both Old and New Testaments that had to do with Israel um, were, were attributed spiritually to the church because there was actually, there wasn't an Israel to fulfill these prophecies. There wasn't a Jerusalem. There wasn't a, a majority of Jews in Jerusalem living in there. And so they began taking the blessings and promises of Israel and Jerusalem and applying them only to the church and completely cutting off the promises of Abraham to natural Israel. Now, as believers, we get grafted in and we get to partake of the blessings and the promises of God, of the commonwealth of Israel, it says in Ephesians. And we, we rejoice in that. And we want to lay hold of those. Um, however, God has not forsaken natural Israel, even as rebellious or unfaithful or unchristian as they have, um, as they have been throughout the centuries. Um, he, he has not forgotten and he will keep his promises um, and give them, he will give them the land that he, he said that they would have. Um, so 1948, Israel's back on the, um, back on the map. Has, President Harry Truman is one of the main people to, um, to, to help this happen. At the same time, God is restoring to the church the power of the Holy Spirit. Called the Latter Rain Revival. You may be familiar with that term. We had guys, Billy Graham began his ministry at this time. T.L. Osborne, William Branham, and there was there was uh, there was outpourings that happened at the beginning of the twenty of the beginning of the twentieth century with the Azusa Street Revival and William Seymour and guys like John G. Lake. Um, but coming up to the late forties, there was a concern in the church for a lack of operation of the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit at at large within the church, and people started gathering together, fasting and praying, and actually started a school called the Sharon Schools to to particularly for the purpose of praying and fasting for a move of God to come. 1948, starts hitting. Um, Billy Graham had such an anointing to preach the gospel. He could speak for 20 minutes, and hundreds or thousands of people would come down to to turn their hearts to the Lord. Um, I was actually, when I was 17, went to hear Billy Graham speak and um, you had guys, this was like 10 years ago, so you had guys like Kirk Franklin and all that, which he's still doing stuff apparently, but <laughs> go Kirk. Um, uh, and then so you have, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Billy Graham speak. He probably spoke for 20, 30 minutes, if that. I don't, I don't remember perfectly clearly. I don't even remember what he said, to be honest. Um, but I know that I saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of inner-city kids watch a man, gray-haired man in a suit, come and read from a paper and sit in a stool for 20 minutes. <laughs> and so many came down to, um, to receive the Lord. I was actually one of those people that went down <laughs> to, um, to receive prayer. And uh, there was 
I really kind of surrendered my heart to the Lord a little later, but that was really, I actually forgotten about that memory until yesterday. <laughs> and um, I was like, wow, I went down during a Billy Graham um, conference. So did, so did John and Tracy. Um, incredible anointing for evangelism. T.L. Osborne, he, was, he would speak, he would do these crusades. He called up all the blind people in the crowd to come stand on stage. And he invited shamans and witch doctors to come and pray over them to be, to be healed. It didn't work. And then one by one, he starts laying his hands on people. Every single eye opens. <laughs> come on, Jesus. <laughs> he was doing a crusade in Java. It's an island in Indonesia. And were there in preaching in front of 200,000 Muslims in a stadium. And Jesus visibly appears in a cloud over the stadium. This, is, this was in papers. Um, and, and, and people were constantly, as they said during every meeting, somebody visibly, physically saw Jesus. This is a big deal for 200,000 people that thought Jesus was still dead. Right? <laughs> um, William Branham, words of knowledge, prophetic words. I don't have a whole lot of time to go into him, but um, incredible man, incredible prophet of the 20th century and that moved in signs and wonders like crazy. So we saw in 1948 the olive tree sprout again and the scent of water come, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the age of evangelism with signs and wonders coming back to the church. 1967... Uh, the Jews in Israel were celebrating with, with the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, they call it. And um, during that time, um, Israel was keeping this feast. Egypt moved 100,000 troops into the Sinai uh, with just over 1,000 tanks. Syria, Egypt, Jordan, all surround Israel by surprise, take them completely off guard. Um, and... Um, and, and there's even hand-to-hand combat going on in the city of Jerusalem for these six days. Um, Israel thought that they were um, going to be completely wiped off the map. And that was the cry. That was, that was the desire, saying we want to completely wipe Israel off the map and stain the Middle East with the blood of the Jews. That was, that was the incentive. Um, but the hand of God came in. And um, there were, and Israel actually quadrupled in size, and, 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 and Jerusalem was given back to Jewish hands for the first time in 2,000 years. Um, and just incredible, incredible. Um, and and um, so at the same time, the church started experiences the charismatic renewal. We saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit come to different streams in the body of Christ, manifestation of the Spirit, numerous people getting filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit again. Um, and, 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 and it just, just started to, to swell and, and explode. And, um, and so we just, it's just interesting that you see these things happening. Israel celebrating the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, and the church experiences another Pentecost as Israel gains victory. Um, 1973, the Jews are celebrating the Day of Atonement, shutting everything down. It's a day of fasting. It's a day of of mourning. It's a day of repentance. And Russia had sent spy satellites over Israel and communicated to Syria that it would be a good time to attack right now because things had settled down. 
Um, and, um, and they did. 1,400 tanks on the Golden Heights. Israel had 180. Um, and they didn't back down. <laughs> we die or we win. Um, in the south, Egypt hits them with 2,000 tanks, 550 aircrafts, and over half a million troops against three Israeli tanks and 500 soldiers. And the goal was to wipe Israel off the map. And Russia at the time is flying supplies to Syria and Egypt. Um, this is um, in even numerous churches, world councils of churches, are sending millions of dollars to the Arab peoples to help finance this war. Um, and um, uh, Israel was, by the third day, Israel was nearly annihilated on all fronts. Um, this was, uh, um, there was a, there was a colonel, um, Colonel Derby, who was calling for Christians across the world to pray during this war. And, um, and, and he actually, he saw a vision of clouds rolling down like a river over, over the nation of Jordan. And so he began praying. He told people to pray. Pray that, that God would confuse Jordan so that they would not enter the war. And then King Hussein makes a statement similar to this. We were so confused about what was happening, what was going on, that we didn't even enter the war. They maybe sent just a couple of, they, 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 they were very, very, very minimally involved. There was confusion. Prayer did something. They also prayed that the Egyptian third army, that, that just that third strike of the Egyptian army would be cut off and turned back. This happened. This happened. The prayers of the saints. Israel advances into Damascus um, and, um, and, and pushes back Syria. Russia was, was set on getting involved in solving this Israel problem. And, uh, and, and at the same time, a man in Wales named Samuel Howes, who's the son of Rees Howes, if you're familiar with him, um, Rees Howes' intercessor, awesome book um, that I haven't finished, but what I have read has been amazing. <laughs> so he receives this intense burden to pray, and the Lord spoke to him that the enemy is trying to precipitate Armageddon right now. Pray, pray, pray. Um, and um, the U.S. gets involved, and, 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 and this war ends. Um, but during this war that happened on the Day of Atonement, there was more loss and more bloodshed in that amount of time than, than we've seen in um, Israel's recent history. And so it's still a day that they mourn. Um, so at a feast of Pentecost, the church experiences um, a, a new Pentecost. On the Day of Atonement, the whole world, particularly Israel, is, is in a time of mourning. Um, but... Um, and. Uh, but what was miraculous during both of these wars is that Syrians and Egyptians, both on both fronts, they saw angels intervening. There are a couple of stories here. Um, a small Jewish community that, uh, that the Arabs were determined to wipe them out, and a rabbi is, is, is watching them come, but they encounter these huge, strange beings with flaming swords, and they run away with great fear. Come on, Jesus. A man named Gershon Sal Solomon... Um, led a company in the Golan Heights, and, and, and in, uh, in 1958, in a battle with the Syrian army, he was, he was injured accidentally, and he was actually hit by a tank, and he, he survived. I don't read how, but he did. Um, this is his personal testimony. And um, he, and the Lord spoke to him and said, it's, it's not your time, it's not your time. And he was amazed as he saw the this, this Syrian soldiers just completely flee away. 
And they, the Syrians were reporting to UN officers that they saw thousands of angels around this IDF officer. The Lord said, it's not your time. And so he understood that the Lord was using this as a divine call to consecrate himself to the work of the Temple Mount. So Egypt saw the same. We need to pray for Israel. Israel is on the verge of another war as we speak. Um, could break out probably any day. Um, and uh, there's, um, there's, there is another feast coming on the Jewish calendar. We had the Feast of Weeks. We had the Day of Atonement. Um, there's, there's, and there's a number of feasts, but the one the Lord's highlighting right now is the Feast of Tabernacles. And God is going to come and tabernacle with men and dwell among men in an increased manifest way that we've never seen before. The Feast of Tabernacles was a time of harvest for Israel. And there is a war of tabernacles coming. I'm not saying that it will happen on and during the Feast of Tabernacles, but it will be in an extreme measure. And it will concurrent, it, it, concurrently what will happen is a great harvest in the body of Christ. Many souls are going to be getting saved. Jesus is going to start appearing in an increased measure to the Jewish people in visions, in dreams, open visitations. Um, it's coming. And this, this war will take us into another move of God, into this Feast of Tabernacles, into this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, Psalm 83, and I don't have time to read it, but it prophesies a war of, multi, of many, many surrounding Arab nations that are going to come in Israel saying, we want to wipe you off the globe. It's in the, it's in the Bible, Psalm 83. Um, and in this war, there's been nothing that's happened in history to tell us that this has actually happened and been fulfilled yet. Um, so there is a war coming greater than even this Day of Atonement war, which um, they consider one of the worst things that's ever happened. So, um, but every time war has been won in Israel, there's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, God's bringing up the, the olive tree of Israel and, and, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit together. And he's putting, there, there, there's coming a day where we, we, we talk about Israel and we talk about the church, but God's bringing the two into one new man completely. Um, and um, we've got to pray for Israel. We've got to pray that, that, um, that, that casualties will be minimized, particularly on the northern border, because the nations that are prophesied to come against them are from the north. Um, and God is very clear in his word that he who touches Israel touches the apple of my eye. And his next statement is this, and I will raise my hand against them. Nations that do not align with God's heart and purposes for Israel will be judged. We need to pray that our government would align with the people of Israel. Um, this is not to say that Israel has done everything right. This is not to say, in fact, they've actually been the most unfaithful nation to God throughout history. Um, and, uh, and, and right now, Tel Aviv is one of the, it's, it's definitely in the Middle East, but also in one of the world capitals of homosexuality. Um, and uh, it's, it's um, that's just, in, in, even in the Bible, Israel, Jerusalem at different times is referred to as Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, so there's, there's, there's a reality of, and the majority of Jews in the land are atheists or agnostic. But they're still God's people. And what we've seen historically is that what's happening in Israel, even with land being given and taken away, 
and being one and thought and, and, and that, that a move of God happens, it coincides completely. And this war of tabernacles is coming, but also this outpouring of tabernacles is coming at the same time. And there will be an increase, a dramatic increase of angelic activity and visitations from Jesus happening all across the world. Um, war is definitely going to come, but we can pray that casualties are minimized. And we need to pray that they're able to defeat Iran. Iran. Um, there is uh, there's an aggressive... Um, hatred in, 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 in multitudes um, to, to wipe Israel off the map in Iran. There's also a great move of God and numerous Muslims getting saved in Iran that we don't hear about often, but God's doing the same things at the same time. And um, so, uh, so we need to pray. Um, Zechariah 12 and 14, they, they, they talk about clearly that in these last days, God's going to make Jerusalem a heavy stone. And anyone that mishandles it and touches it is going to be judged. And these are, these are prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled. All the nations that come up against Israel are going to suffer negative consequences. Um, we are the church in America. We're God's people. We have the protection of the Lord. Um, but what, what, what even, so what's important for me is not only that our nation, that President Obama is standing with Israel, but that the church in America is standing with Israel. In the 1967 war, British troops would not supply ammunition to Israel, and they and they would and Israel and the U.S.'s involvement to help them was delayed because British troops would not allow Americans to land on their soil to refuel um, their their aircrafts. And uh, one prophet directly related this to um, why England didn't experience the charismatic renewal like other nations did. Um, it, there was there's a direct connection. Um, but, uh, but um, what's interesting is to hear some prophets say that one of the greatest friends of Israel in the last day is actually going to be Germany. Big turnaround. Huh? <laughs> I've, I've seen that more than one place. I'm like, come on, Jesus. Um, Switzerland, Sweden, a lot of Scandinavian nations are, are pro-Israel. Um, but um, I want worship team to just, just come up just for a moment. We're... we're we're not going to be long, but I do want to take just a little bit to pray for Israel. Um, and uh, this war is coming. I don't know when, but this move of God is coming too. And, and that's it's equally what we want to contend for. We want to pray for this harvest. We want to pray for laborers in the harvest. And we want to be prepared for this harvest of souls. Not only in our nation... In the land of Israel, we want to see Jews getting saved all over the world. Paul says in Romans, he said, if Israel's rejection, he said, actually, they're enemies of the gospel right now for your sake. And there's been a temporary blindness over them. But God is going to lift that blindness off of their eyes. And if Israel's rejection of the gospel meant salvation to the Gentiles, how much more will their acceptance be but life from the dead? When Israel and when the Jewish people all across the world, start to turn their hearts and worship Jesus as God and as Messiah, salvation and outpouring of the Spirit is going to spread all across the world. And we can partner with God through prayer and through standing with them because our prayer and standing with them today will equip us to stand with Israel as the pressure increases. And the pressure is increasing right now. Here's some practical things. When we pray for Israel, we want to pray for the strengthening of the church in Israel. 
There are believers on there, that, on the grounds there, that are preaching the gospel. They are praying. They are fasting. They are moving in signs and wonders. We want to pray for their strengthening. Um, we want to pray for laborers in this harvest. We want to pray for salvation and healing and deliverance. Um, but we want to pray, too, that America aligns with Israel and that Israel has victory over their enemies. And that this, that we see this harvest, that the casualties are minimized and that the harvest comes in. Amen.